Hello everyone, it's January 13th and I'm excited to be doing our EC Daily Devotional. I'm Jonathan Mitchell, one of the pastors at Eden Chapel and our reading today is in Genesis 38 through 40. Now, I hope you've read already and if you have, Genesis 38 is one of those really weird chapters. What in the world is going on? Well, I want to dive into it today. Uh, all these three chapters give us wonderful truths. They really do. And I think it'll be helpful for us today. In, in, in Genesis 38, we get this break in the story of Joseph, and we're told about Judah, one of the sons of Jacob. And Judah has gone against his grandfather Abraham's wishes not to marry a Canaanite woman, and he does exactly that. And in marrying a Canaanite woman, he conceives three children with her. You have Ur, which is the oldest, then Onan, the middle son, and then Shelah, which is the youngest son. And Judah takes a wife named Tamar for Ur, his oldest son. But we're told in verse 7 of chapter 38 that Ur was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. And so in this time period, if the firstborn son had a wife, but no children, specifically a male child to carry on his name, there was a law called leverate marriage where the next born, the so in this case, Onan, was to take the wife conceive and bear a son to carry on the name. And so that's where we have the story of Onan, where he does not perform that duty. Um, And because of that, he is then put to death by God. And so Judah's instructions to Tamar is to remain a widow until Shelah is old enough to then marry her and give a child to Ur, to carry on Ur's name. So at this point, Judah doesn't have a grandson to carry on his family lineage. And what happens is during this time, Tamar comes up with an elaborate plan to sleep with Judah, basically to carry on this family name. And through a pretty crazy series of events, she does this. When Judah finds out that she is pregnant um, because she hit her face when she slept with Judah, well, he's going to have her burned. And then she says, well, the man who these belong to, his signet ring and cord, uh, this is the man who has slept with me. And, of course, it's him. And she, he, he says... He says about her that she is more righteous than I, since I did not give her to my son, Shelah, which was what he promised to do. Now, what happens in the later part is she has twins, and these twins, as they're coming out, the the first one comes out, and she has a scarlet cord put around his wrist and he draws back in and then the other child comes out. And so 
we see here that his name is Perez, the the one that comes out first, and then afterward, uh, the one with the scarlet thread on his hand was Zara. So again, really the the younger um, <coughs> was first here, um, Perez. Now, what's so cool about this? Well, I want to fast forward to Ruth. The end of Ruth, we get a genealogy of David. It says, now these are the generations of who? Of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Amenadab. Amenadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. So in this crazy mess of sin and disgustingness, I mean, it's filthy and rotten and wicked. God still works to carry on the lineage that would bring forth King David. And then we ultimately know that will bring forth King Jesus. I'm thankful that God sows beautiful stories with crazy threads even of sinful choices to bring about exactly who we need, which is Jesus Christ, his son. Well, then we get back to the story of Joseph. And in chapter 39, we are probably familiar with the story, but Joseph is in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar, who's an officer of Pharaoh, has basically assigned to Joseph, his entire household. And we're told that Joseph was a handsome man and Potiphar's wife thought so too. And she wanted some of Joseph and he refuses. And I think it's really important what he says, especially in verse nine. He says, he talking about, Joseph's talking about Potiphar. He is not greater in the house than I am, nor has he kept anything back from me except you talking to Potiphar's wife, because you are his wife. And then he says this, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so what happens is later one day, then when he's in the house and he, they're all alone, she tries to grab him and lie with him. And he literally runs, leaves his cloak behind him, and takes off. And of course she lies. He's thrown in prison. And what I really want to make note of here, church family, is this is the this is the truth. It is more important to obey God and it's more important to fear God than it is to fear man. And then I would also say this that just because we obey God does not guarantee deliverance from man, this side of heaven. But Joseph was concerned with obeying God, and we ought to be too. And what's what's neat about this is Joseph's, Joseph's obedience to God, yeah, it, it put him in prison, but that's exactly where God was placing him. Because in the prison, we're told in verse 21 of chapter 39, the Lord was with Joseph showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison, which leads to our closing story in our text today. In chapter 40, you have the cupbearer of Pharaoh and his baker, both thrown in prison. 
and Joseph over the whole prison there, over them. When he hears that they are having dreams, he interprets the dreams and he interprets them correctly. Now, what we don't need to pass up is that Joseph's obedience in little things and in big things didn't deliver him from Pharaoh or excuse me, Potiphar's wife's accusations. In fact, he was wrongfully imprisoned. But what's so beautiful about the sovereignty of God is his wrongful imprisonment put him in the correct place because God was sovereignly working. And because he was in that place, he then interprets the dreams correctly, which will ultimately then get us to where we're going tomorrow. And so my encouragement, friends, is to see in the craziness in chapter 38 and then in Joseph's obedience in chapter 39, obedience to God will always put us in the right place, even if in our minds it didn't get us delivered from man's hands and schemes. Friends, God is the one who is in total control, and we trust that. Let's trust that like Joseph, and we see that even in the crazy wickedness and sinfulness of man, nothing stops what God is up to. We see that prominently in chapter 38 and how Judah and Tamar in this crazy incestuous relationship, it still prolongs the lineage, which would then bring forth Jesus Christ. Uh, Take heart today that God is in control, friends. Praying for you. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you.